Hello, this is Rachel, Francesca, and Lindsay here, talking about the threats of educational redlining within society. When discussing and researching educational redlining, three major aspects and situations of redlining arose. Bullying, online learning, and increased classroom sizes. Out of these three, we were left to wonder what the biggest threats to societal aspect of community, family, and participation was, and which are the biggest and and most impactful redliners of people involved in the American education system. In specific regards to this question, Lindsay, the expert on the impact of bullying within the American education system, will be discussing student-on-student redlining within school situations. Next, Rachel will be discussing the redlining of student opportunity due to current global issues that forces technology to come in between the aspect of community and isolating people within their homes. Lastly, Francesca will relate school redlining to the effects of increased classroom size and how each aspect of the educational community is impacted. All three of these communities' aspects are negatively impactful within school life. Redlining people, often students, from opportunities due to external judgment and lack of consideration. Discussing external judgment and persecution that is negatively impactful within the school community is Lindsay, who as previously mentioned is discussing the aspect of school that is bullying. Johnson and I will be discussing the impact of bullying and student-on-student redlining. Bullying is a major issue that hundreds of thousands of children face every day when they go to school. Bullying has several negative impacts such as lowering self-esteem, increasing the risk of depression and anxiety, hindering academic achievement, creating long-lasting psychological effects, and much more. Today, we seek to answer the question, How does bullying harm the community and hinder academic achievement? While primarily an issue in elementary schools, bullying can impact all students regardless of their grade. Bullying can include physical, verbal, or psychological attacks aimed at a victim that lacks the ability to defend themselves. Victims of bullying often struggle from psychological or physical distress and hindered academic achievement. Between 5 and 10% of students stay home from school every day to avoid being bullied. Victims of bullying are also more likely to contemplate suicide. Many children that aren't bullied, many children that are bullied don't inform an adult or ask for help. While bullying occurs for many reasons, a child's race is often a target for bullies to attack, which contributes to hindering race relations within a community. 25% of bullying victims reported bullying due to their race or religion. Students that belong to minority groups are more likely to be bullied. This includes those with disabilities, LGBT students, students from certain religions, and racial minority groups. According to the U.S. Department of Education for Civil Rights, over one-fifth of bullying occurs on the basis of race. Students are redlined or discriminated against in the form of student-on-student bullying due to the unchangeable characteristic of race. This impacts the impacts of the literal form of redlining can be seen through this bullying in schools.
Much progress has been made towards improving and strengthening race relations in the past few decades, but student-on-student bullying in schools based on one's race displays how the culture of redlining still very much exists in in today's society and bleeds into the actions of young people. Bullying is also known to hinder academic achievement. It's estimated that 160,000 children miss school every day out of fear of being bullied. According to a study conducted at UCLA, bullying and low academic achievement are often linked. Students that experience bullying participate less in class, receive poor grades, and often fear being labeled as dumb. Bullied students show less academic improvement and are often mislabeled as unmotivated or low achievers. Bullying causes isolation as it creates an environment of fear wherein many students don't want to attend school, hindering the community ties. While bullying occurs for many different reasons and impacts almost everyone at a certain point in their life, it disproportionately impacts those that are members of minority groups and ultimately leads to hindered academic achievement. Redlining in this sense still occurs and communities are suffering. Thank you, Lindsay, for your insight on bullying in the American education system and how it impacts community and causes certain children to be redlined or bullied due to unchangeable characteristics. Next, Rachel will discuss online learning due to the COVID-19 pandemic and how this shift from in-person to online learning has impacted the educational community. Hello, it's Rachel O'Reilly here, and I will be expanding on the question of how the student community has been impacted through the shift to online learning. I will discuss the redlining of student opportunity due to current global issues that force the technology to come in between the aspect of community and isolating people within their homes. One of the most notable redlining effects due to online learning is unequal learning. Many kids struggle with learning behind a screen for hours at a time. It pushes their patience and strains their brain capacity. Older kids often take on the responsibility of watching siblings rather than focusing on schoolwork. TV is running in the background, kids crying, dogs barking, and many other distractions shorten kids' attention span compared to them sitting in a classroom with the teacher to help them learn and focus. Another heavy issue of online learning is the lack of proper technology. According to a 2019 analysis by the Associated Press, 17% of students nationwide lack a computer at home. 18% lack broadband internet access. Low-income families and families of color are especially likely to be without these resources. And the so-called digital divide is only the beginning. Many low-income students are now in the position of trying to do their schoolwork in small spaces shared with other family members, sometimes in just a single room. While cities are setting up food distribution centers to help students in need. Many are still missing out on the resources and sense of stability that school can provide. Meanwhile, students in poverty are having to deal with the trauma of living in a pandemic without many of the protections that more affluent families have, like the ability of parents to work from home or take sick leave. Experts around the country fear the coronavirus crisis will end up worsening America's existing educational inequality 
making it harder than ever for low-income students to learn and putting them at an even greater disadvantage. They can fall even more behind in academics and social aspects of community, causing them to be even more isolated than ever. Not only is online learning causing disadvantages in younger children, but university students are feeling the struggle as well. Universities are currently facing an unprecedented situation as in administrators struggle to redesign higher education for a post-COVID world. Many students have chosen to delay their graduations, withdraw from a course, or have suffered greatly in their learning capacity. Finance plays a large role in students' decisions as prolonging the time to graduation places a burden on students by increasing both the total cost of an education and the time until a student can begin working a full-time job. This is also concerning because students also report a decrease in financial stability due to the pandemic. Nearly three in 10 students lost personal income because of COVID-19, and more than half had a close family member who lost income. Even further into the future, students expect the pandemic to affect their careers. Graduating students expect to earn 5% less after graduation and 4% less at age 35 because of the pandemic. This will make it harder for students to get on their feet after earning a degree and work to pay off student debts. The working class kids are more school dependent to get the skills for a knowledge-based economy. The socioeconomic divide in the pandemic's impact on college students mirrors the emerging evidence that it has caused greater isolation and divide within the school economy and community. Despite the hardships the pandemic has caused, many parents have begun to find ways to make up for the lack of community due to online learning. One solution many have been considering among younger age school children is creating pandemic pods, where small learning groups team up to make distance learning easier. Reasons for forming pods are varied. Some parents work outside the home and cannot leave their children home alone yet. Others cannot dictate the time to su supervising school while others worry about the very real adverse mental health effects of prolonged social isolations on their kids. Pandemic pods have allowed a sense of community to still exist among children as they help bring people together amidst the divide. However, pods have been fiercely debated as many point out the ways they threaten to widen the racial equality gap within K-12 education. As parents choose to join pods, a divide between gender, race, and income have been emerging. There are plenty obvious concernings about the idea of going into micro communities to, to solve complex social problems. In the United States, people's friendship networks tend to be racially homogenous, generally causing segregation. The societal aspect of community, family, and participation has been greatly blocked due to online learning from the entire school community. Thank you, Rachel, for that very relevant and insightful message about online learning and its impact on the educator and student community. While online learning is common today, in-person learning is slowly becoming normal once again. And with it comes renewed challenges regarding aspects such as classroom size. Next, Francesca will discuss classroom size in relation to the balance between strengthening and weakening the community.
As mentioned before, I will be discussing the correlation between increased classroom sizes and less aspects of community, participation, and family within an educational setting. Students, being the people most negatively impacted by the issue of increased classroom size, are also the most redlined through this specific issue. To start us off, I will discuss the effect of increased classroom size in a classroom setting specifically. Obviously, increased classroom sizes means more students within a class or in an educational community. This influx of students leads to more management needed to contain the students, which often doesn't happen. Actually, the opposite is usually true, as increased classroom sizes are often resulting from cutting of funds for a school, so the school just packs people together to get at least some education with these minuscule funds. With little resources, a large classroom adjusted for smaller class sizes becomes easily unmanageable by teachers, more students meaning more people to watch over. Studies show more disruptive environments also occur in educational settings of classrooms with larger class sizes, also demonstrating a resulting less student participation. This effect of increased classroom size shows how it is a big threat to the educational community in regards to school setting, clearly defining weakening aspects of the IDEA community. Connecting back to the idea of less participation from students, increased classroom size also has been proven to weaken the community through lessening the academic equilibrium. Students, because of the bigger and almost intimidating class sizes, are proven less likely to ask for help and even less likely to receive it personally. Teachers are stretched too thin and have an inability to give opportunities to students for academic help. The community is harmed, specifically The community is harmed, specifically the individual of the student, through this idea because it redlines them from academic opportunities and success by removing the option for genuine help within their educational lives. Again, playing along with the previous point about stretching teachers too thin, teachers have a unique perspective of whether increased classroom size is beneficial. When stretching teachers too thin, increased classroom sizes also creates a wider variety and quality of teachers or in lesser words, it makes worse teachers. Teachers, without the ability to truly focus on the individuals of the class, are forced to teach to a conglomerate ocean of students, creating a worse lesson and worse teaching. This greatly demonstrates a huge weakening of the community, but then it gets interesting. Teachers, while the school gets less funds, are proven to usually get pay increases with the increased classroom sizes. The school funds are worse, but the school pays the teacher for working to a bigger extent. This positively impacts the community, but is it it really the community we need to focus on in the educational community? Don't get me wrong, teachers are important, but I feel as if students hold a greater importance of receiving the tools to live, aka academics, than teachers, who already have established skills and modes of survival. Basically, increased classroom size greatly weakens the educational community through worse quality of teachers and worse quality of education for students, but there are some minus school positives. Those positives, although riddled in negatives, are only positive if the teachers morally accept their worsening quality and take the money. Otherwise, even the pay increase harms the educational community by driving limited funds to teachers just because of a higher class size. 
Overall, the redliner of students in the academic community and the threat to the balance within the educational community is increased classroom sizes, greatly weakening community, family, and participation than strengthening. Although redlining is now illegal, its effects have built up over the years in different variables of American society. One of the most prominent aspects of redlining within society today is its effects within the American education system. Through bullying, online learning, and classroom size, the aspect of community has been substantially degrading, with few positive aspects. All of these areas have been major threats to community within the American education system as they hinder the well-being of people's conscience and academics, isolate people at home, and draw attention away from the needs of students, causing them to disconnect from others. These aspects and situations have blocked the societal aspects of community, family, and participation within current society, causing a continual separation between people in times where unity is a necessity. Redlining bleeds into all areas of American society, and although much progress has been made, there is still a long road ahead. That concludes this podcast of redlining, inequalities in the American education system. Thank you for joining us today.